Hey, James, how are you doing? Hope you had a good Christmas and New Year coming up soon. Thanks. Same to you as well. All right. Uh, so this is uh, season one, episode 11 of the uh, Patriots, Lakers, Dodgers, and Rams podcast. I'm your host, Loro Antonio. Uh, James is a guest again for my uh, podcast, as he and I will be discussing each week. Uh, first off, we'll start off with the Dodgers and then work our way down and then We'll go from there. But first things first, um, let's start off with the Dodgers and talk about what last Friday's trade when the Dodgers played, made a trade with the Reds. And did you think this trade helped the Dodgers financially? I do, yeah. I think it definitely gave them, like, some more financial flexibility with whatever they decided to do with their contract situations. Like, um, I know, like, Bellinger and Seager, those guys, just, like, a little bit ways away from being signed. But if that's what they're playing to sign them long-term, going forward, that's good. Um, I'd, even though I'm going to miss Kemp, I think it was definitely good to get a salary off the books, even though it was only for a year. I think that'll help. And the same with Puig. I think it was – I think it's next offseason. I could be wrong, but I think that was when he was due for a contract. So I don't know how much he'd be requesting. But, uh, yeah, I think it definitely was good. And then whatever they decide to do in free agency, whether that's uh, try to sign Harper or – Look for a trade for Kluber, Real Mutual. I think it'll definitely help him going forward. I think the reason why the Dodgers traded Puig was, first of all, his contract expired after the 2019 season. The Dodgers could end up signing Harper, but I don't think that's going to happen because I think the Dodgers should focus on other needs too, like signing a free agent catcher, pass up on trading for Real Muto and Kluber. No, yeah, um. I definitely do think they need a catcher. I think uh, I do think the asking price for Real Mucho is a bit too high. Like I know that they, I think I heard someone say like they were looking for Bellinger, which like I don't think that really makes sense. And ultimately, I think for catching specifically, I think that is their biggest need. But also just because uh, they got Kyber Ruiz in the minors, I feel like he's gonna. Be, I feel like if they get Real Mucho, like that'd be like a great catcher for right now. But then like they'll run into like. When Kyber's ready, it's like, what are they going to do with Real Mucho? So it's like, I feel like maybe getting like McCroy or Maldonado, so like that's probably better for them right now. I have made up my mind on who I want the Dodgers to get, sign a catcher between Lucor and Maldonado. I'm actually made up my mind on that. I'm actually want Maldonado. I like Lucor because of his offense, but I think the Dodgers could go with another veteran defensive catcher to pair with Barnes for the short term. And I like Maldonado because he really could nail down runners. Um, he's a guy that could swing a big bat right-handed. Uh, he could swing that bat very well, hit lefties very well. But I also want to get your opinion. It, are the Dodgers going to pass on re-signing Grandal and, and add Lucroy or uh, Maldonado and just go, or maybe go with an open competition between Barnes and Ruiz and Gale for the, for the Dodgers' open starting catchers gig? Yeah, I don't really see the Dodgers resigning Grandall, to be honest. I think um, – I don't really know where he's going to go. I think – I know he's been, like looking at the Angels, so maybe there. But I think like with the Dodgers specifically, I feel like they'd be more serious talking to Grandall if that's what they were really interested in. And I think like Grandall, he's looking for like at least multi-years, like around four or something like that, which I don't think the Dodgers are really interested with him. Uh, yeah, I'm thinking yeah, like try to go after like Lucroy or Maldonado. I'm assuming – Barnes, whether they don't do anything, like Barnes will probably be one of the catchers anyways. Um, 
I don't know, I guess, like, they could just roll with Gale as the backup and just see what happens. Because, I mean, like, worst case, if they just decide to go with Barnes and Gale, they could always look at, like, the trade deadline if neither of them is really working out that well. They could always just see, like, what's out there for the trade deadline. But um, I, I think I'd rather them try to get someone right now just to be safe because I don't really know how Gale would do as their backup. And, like, they already know what Barnes is capable of doing. So I kind of think, for me, if the Dodgers don't, sign a free agent catcher. I'm going with Kiebert Ruiz as the starting catcher because I think Kiebert Ruiz is going to have a good spring training and show everybody that he doesn't need AAA. Yeah, I definitely hope that's happening, to be honest. I mean, the sooner – just because of, like, their catching issue right now, suddenly it would be better for him to come up as soon as possible. My only concern with him is that he's only played, like, a little bit at AA. So, like, I don't know. I'm gonna be, I don't think it would be the worst thing in the world to keep him in the Mars for a little bit, but, I mean – says that like if he's in the minors at the start like, he's standing in the whole year. Like, I can also see him getting called up maybe like later on in the season if that's what it ends up being. It could go either way. I could see either Kieber Ruiz starting on the opening day roster as the starting catcher or going with Martin Maldonado because I think Maldonado is an option that I am very intrigued on for the Dodgers to sign and I think they should really take that adva- take the advantage of signing Maldonado on a one-year deal to pair with Barnes because Andrew Friedman said all along that he thinks that um, finding a free agent catcher to pair with Barnes is what's best for the Dodgers right now until Will Smith and Kiebert Ruiz, the up-and-coming guys, are ready. Yeah, I think so, too. I think I I agree with you, actually, about Maldonado. I think I'd prefer him over LaCroix. Like, LaCroix would still be good, like, don't get me wrong, but I think just because, like, Maldonado is a little bit younger and – well, I haven't, like, watched him too, too much. He's, like, nothing, like, amazing offensively. I still think that I think I prefer him over Lucroy. Yeah, I would prefer Maldonado over Lucroy. I like Lucroy, but I think Lucroy could end up staying with the A's, or I think he could go to the Tigers, since the Tigers just lost James McCann to the White Sox. Yeah, that's true. I think, uh, yeah, I know Lucroy, I know he was, like, kind of, like, declining. He did have a good season with the A's last year, but I don't know, like, the A's, like, I know the A's, like, got that wild card berth, but they weren't really expected to do that. Well, I think that playing in LA, it's a little bit of a different market. I don't really know if he'd like be that same player he was last year. All right. Now let's outline our early uh, division winners. So for me, let's start with the National League. With the National League West, that's going to go to the Dodgers for the NL Central. That's kind of a toss-up because St. Louis has done good things this offseason. The Cubs could definitely be a contender, too. There definitely are. And then the Brewers, too. Uh, the Reds could make it interesting, but they're not quite there yet. Pittsburgh could make it interesting in the NL Central. But that one, the NL Central for me, is still is still too close to call. And for the National League East, um, I think I'm going to say too close to call, too, because I have to see if what Washington does still this offseason. New York has looked like they're, they've had a great offseason, and they could definitely be back as the division winners, maybe Atlanta still looks good and the uh, Phillies look good. And on the American league side um, for the American league West, I still got the Astros and on the AL central, the Cleveland Indians still winning the uh, AL central and on the uh, AL East is the Boston Red Sox and the two wildcard teams for the, uh, for the American League, I got the Yankees, and I also got the Rays. I thought it would be Chicago, but I think the Yankees and Rays will play in the wild card game for the American League side. And on the National League side, I think it could be 
either Milwaukee's and St. Louis, and I think Colorado is going to fight for that second wild card spot with St. Louis. Yeah, my predictions are actually pretty similar years. For the, I'll start with the National League too, I guess. Then for my West, I got the Dodgers too. I think uh, it's probably going to come down to them and the Rockies. But I think the Dodgers are just a better team all around. I think that they'll get it. Uh, Central for me was the toughest division just because I don't really know what the Cubs are going to do. Because, like, you know, they said that they're trying to get Harper, but if that's the case, they'd have to try to shed some of their salary a little bit more. So, I don't know. Like, it was closest last year. I think I'd give the edge to the Brewers, but um, like, I could really see it being either two of them. And then for the NL East, I got I got the Braves. I think uh, if the Phillies can get Machado or Harper, I think I'd maybe consider them two, but I think it'll ultimately come down to the two of them. Then my wild card got the Cubs, or essentially, like, if the Cubs, whoever loses the division out of the Cubs and Brewers, I think they'll be the wild card. And then I also got the Cardinals as the second wild card. I was agreeing with you. I think it, that's probably going to be down to, like, the Cardinals and the Rockies probably for that second wild card. I think uh, it's maybe closing. I'd give the edge to the Cardinals, though. And then the American League, I got the Astros in the West. I think um, similar to last year, I think the A's are really going to be the only threat to them. But I think the Astros are just – one of the better teams in the league in general. I don't think they'll have a problem with that. Uh, Central is the Indians. I think, once again, they'll be winning that one. And then American League East, I actually have the Yankees instead of the Red Sox. I, I actually predicted that Machado is going to go there. I'm not assuming that. That's what I think is going to happen. And I think, like, how the Yankees, they got Paxson from Seattle. I think that after how their season ended last year, like, all those lost to the Red Sox, I think they'll – come out a bit stronger and more motivated. And then for my wild cards in the American League, I got the Red Sox and the Athletics. That's not bad, but I also think the Angels could definitely make a surprising push. I think they are a starting pitcher away from competing. I think they want to win now. I think they could definitely trade for one of the uh, Indian starters in uh, Trevor Bauer. I think Trevor Bauer's a SoCal kid, could want to play for the Angels, and I think the Angels could give up something to add Trevor Bauer. They kind of need an ace, you know? No, yeah, definitely. I mean, they still have Mike Trout, too, obviously. And, like, he's, he's, in my opinion, is the best player in baseball. So, as long as they have him, I think they're good offensively. And also interesting to see, I think, like, on the Angels, like, how Shoei Otani does. Like, I don't know if he's still going to be pitching or if he does pitch, how much that'll be. But I thought he was – when he played, I thought he was really good last year. Actually, kind of surprised me. So, I'm interested to see how he does, too. And for my early World Series prediction, I'm actually going to go for the National League side. The Dodgers are going to be back in the World Series for a third year in a row. And on the American League side, who I think will play the Dodgers in the World Series, um, I think I wouldn't mind a rematch with the Dodgers and Red Sox or playing the Yankees in the World Series. But I could see it being the Dodgers and the Cleveland Indians. Yeah, I'm honestly kind of the same way. I got the – my prediction is actually the Dodgers over the Yankees. I think uh, – yeah, I'd say – I could really – because, like, I know that I said, like, the Astros, I think, are probably, in my opinion, the best team in the American League. I could really see, like, any of those teams making it. Um, like, I, I like the Indians, like, two years ago, they were so dominant. They had that one streak. And they, and they still have most of their cores. Like, I think they could still do it, assuming they – Keep Kluber, and I mean, we'll see what happens with Bauer too, I guess. But um, yeah, I don't see the the Indians trading Kluber. I think Trevor Bauer is going to be the one that gets traded. Yeah, I do too. I mean, I mean, personally, I don't really know why they'd want to trade Kluber. Like, he was a Cy Young candidate. He won two years ago. I don't really like they're already one of the 
best teams in the American League. All yeah, the Cleveland just shed, just shed it some payroll, too. Like, they traded Edwin Encarnacion to get back Carlos Santana. Um, now I think Cleveland needs – they need an outfielder. I think they need outfield help. But all in all, I think they're pretty much set, you know. Yeah, like they, I, know they, I know they lost. Uh, I think it was Michael Brantley too to the Astros. So yeah, they could use some help out there. But I mean, I think, in my opinion, at least, I think the AL Central is probably the weakest division so far. But like, so I think the Indians, like, they'll definitely be in a playoff spot. But yeah, I think they definitely have a shot. Oh yeah, and then moving on here, um, do you think JT Real Muto will be a Dodger or an Astro? For me, I predict JT Real Muto gets traded to the Astros because the Astros have the leverage and the prospects to trade with Miami. Yeah, I'm actually predicting, I think he's actually going to stay in Miami. I think the only way I, if he gets to spring cha- training and he's still with Miami, I think he's just going to stay. I don't think they'll trade him then. But uh, if I had to pick all the two teams, I think it'd be the Astros just because I think they have the bigger need for catching just because of the Dodgers. Like they have Kyber Lee's almost ready. So I think that like the Astros, they'd probably be more willing to give up some of their assets to get them. But, uh, I mean, as much as I love them to be on the Dodgers, to be honest, I think it just makes more sense for the Astros, probably. Yeah, I think it makes more sense for the Astros to get uh, Real Muto because they need a catcher. Um, I think um, the Astros could also still save the money for them to still keep Dallas Keuchel, which I think that's going to happen. Yeah, I do too. I really think too too much about Keuchel, but yeah, I could see him going back to the Astros. I mean, they had one of the worst rotations last year. And- I definitely think that they'd like to keep that together and just keep it going with that. Yeah, I, th- I think so. But I'm also going to stick to Harper and Machado teaming up together on the south side of Chicago to play for the White Sox. Do you think that's going to happen still? Now, with the Dodgers making all these moves to, 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 to shed salary, do you think the White Sox will be the ones to end up with both Harper and Machado? Uh, maybe. I mean, I'm thinking that my predictions were I think Machado would go to the Yankees, and I actually do think now Harper will come to the Dodgers. The only reason why I say that is just because with Harper, I feel like the move the Dodgers just made, trading all those players to the Reds, I feel like they would only make that trade if they had, like, a plan in place, like something's going to happen. And then, like, I know, like, Harper was, like, liking those photos they were on Instagram, too, about him going to the Dodgers, which costs just me nothing. He might just be doing it just for fun. But, like, I feel like there's, like, too many signs of – made it seem like he's coming to the Dodgers. And then I know, like, the Cubs have said that they're looking to shed some salary. I think that if the Cubs can do that, I think then the Cubs would become the favorite of the teams. But uh, the White Sox, I think he – I think it's more likely the White Sox get Harper than Machado just because I think Machado's probably going to go to the Yankees. Um, I know he already had his meetings. Um, I'd say – I'm assuming that Machado's probably going to sign before Harper, so – if a child does end up signing with the White Sox, I think maybe Harper will take a more serious look at that. But um, I think it's more likely that Harper goes there out of the two of them. I think uh, I, I'm going to still stick to both Harper and Machado teaming up together with the White Sox because both the, the White Sox have money to sign both of them. And the White Sox are not necessarily in a win-now mode. They could definitely use both Harper and Machado to help the White Sox young core out because I think the White Sox got a great young core, great starting pitching. They need a bullpen piece I think they could use. But I also think that the White Sox are definitely an up-and-coming team to watch in 2019. 
Yeah, definitely. I agree. I think uh, they do have lots of nice prospects. And, like, assuming – I know, like, they had talked about trading Jose Brave in the past, but I think for them it would just be smarter to keep him. I don't really – because, like, they're already rebuilding. Like, might as well just keep him. I don't think they'd want to get rid of him. But, yeah, I think – I actually do think they'll be, like, better sooner than later, especially in that division. I mean, they could, I could easily see them coming second in that division. Because I think the Indians probably got first, but I think they can make a nice run if, like, they end up doing getting one or both of them. Yeah, so we'll talk about the other free agent signings and potential trade rumors that are coming. So right now, yeah, this week we got Nelson Cruz to the Twins. I think that's a great pickup for the Twins because I think Nelson Cruz is definitely going to be a guy that's going to provide that power and balance for the Twins. And then the Nationals signing Annabelle Sanchez to bring them balance to the rotation and then hearing that Marcus Stroman might be traded to the Padres, which I don't see happening, and I don't see the Padres trading for a starting pitcher because I think I, I kind of expect the Padres to go young when the 2019 season starts. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking, too, with the Padres specifically. I, they're not really going to win them, though. Not really see them catching, like, the Dodgers, Rockies, or even the Giants, to be completely honest. And, uh, like, looking at Stroman specifically, I um, – just because the Jays are one of the other teams I like to follow. I don't think they trade him just because I know that the return for Stroh, I think they said it was like their seventh or eighth prospect for the Padres. And like, I know the Jays are rebuilding too. And like, I think, in my opinion, I think Stroh is probably their best pitcher along with Sanchez. Like, I know Sanchez has been hurt, but I, like, I think the Blue Jays are better off keeping him. Like, when they made those playoff runs, those last two, um, what was it, 2015, 2016, like, they relied on Strom a lot in those key games, and he was great for them. So I think they're better off just keeping him. And we had a down year, so I also don't think his trade value is really that great right now either. So I think, like, they're probably better off keeping him. I don't think – and, I mean, I don't even know how serious the Padres are really looking at that too. Yeah, what, what I think what the Padres got – I kind of think the Padres signing Ian Kinsler away from the Red Sox, I think he's going to be a good veteran piece to their young core. But I also think Fernando Tatis Jr. is going to come up, play shortstop, move – uh, Luis Arias, the third, move Will Myers, the left field, Hunter Renfro in right, keep Manny Margot in center. And I think the odd man out of the Padres outfielders is Fran Mill Reyes. Yeah, I could see that happening too. I think Akinsler will definitely give him some nice experience. And uh, like actually surprised me. He was a bit better on the Red Sox towards the end of the year last year than I was expecting. So he will be nice for that. And, um I was like kind of surprised at the Padres. That I think it was Christian going away. He ended up leaving for Japan. I was a bit surprised by that. I thought he was actually pretty good for the Padres. So I was a little surprised to see him go. But I think the Padres are like definitely on the rise. And like I think um, division wise, it'll probably be them and the Diamondbacks in the last two spots. Like I can actually see the Padres maybe pass them for fourth in the division. We'll see about that. But do you agree with? With with Kinsler at second, do you th- do you see Luis Urias moving to third base and putting uh, Fernando Tatis Jr. at shortstop? Yeah, I could see that happening. Um, so that you move Will Myers to left field and then putting Hunter Renfro in right field. Yeah, I think that could happen. Like Padres are kind of lucky. Like with Will Myers, he's pretty versatile. So yeah, they could definitely like move those players around. I could see that happening. Yeah, I I expect that to happen with the Padres because. Here's my projected infield for the Padres. You got Eric Cosmer, then you got Tinsler at second. So Cosmer's at first, obviously. And then Fernando Tatis Jr. makes the opening day roster. He's the st- starting shortstop for the Padres. Luis Arias goes to third. And then the outfield will be Will Myers, Manny Margot, and uh, 
Hunter Renfro. Yeah, my was kind of similar. I didn't have um, Tatis in my starting lineup, but I got uh, either infield. I had Hosmer at first. I had Kenzo at second. I got Urias at short. And then I had Myers at third. And then their outfield, I had Renfro in left, Margo in center, race in right, and then Hedges catching. I just think I just think in my, I just think in my opinion I think Cranmill Reyes is going to be the odd man out because I I just think I just think Fernando Tatis Jr is ready and I think Luis Arias will move to third and I would put Fernando Tatis Jr at short. Yeah, I can see that happening too though honestly it's just cuz like the, I mean the Padres aren't a win now but it makes more sense to just play their younger players. Like, even if they aren't ready. Do so you agree good. with Will Myers moving moving to left field? Yeah, yeah. No, he, yeah, he can play left and right, so that'd be fine for him, I think. Yeah, and uh, I think so. But um, I want to get your opinion on, do you think the Giants will end up being in third place in the NLS behind the Rockies and Dodgers, or the third place team in the NLS is going to be up for grabs now? Now, since the Diamondbacks traded away Paul Goldschmidt, what do you think the Giants, are the Giants going to be back in third place in the uh, NLS or no? Yeah, I think the Giants can be back in third place in the NL West. I think uh, the top two is going to come down to the Dodgers and Rockies, and then I think the bottom two is probably in between the Diamondbacks and the Padres. Because uh, I was like looking at the Diamondbacks roster recently, and like they've really honestly lost a lot of players like, after losing Goldschmidt, and then they're probably going to lose Pollock too. I don't really see them bring him back, and then I mean like they're not terrible because like, they still got like Granky and Taiwan Walker pitching, but and I mean, Robbie Ray too. Yeah, yeah. And then, like, I know they still got, like, Jake Lamb, but, like, I know he's had injury problems in the past. So, I don't know. I think the Giants, honestly, just are just, like, a little bit better. And I like the Giants. I think the Giants have a little bit better of a lineup, a little bit better pitching. Like, it's nothing, like, spectacular, but I think the Giants probably – I'd give them the edge. What I think the Giants are going to do this offseason, I think they like Nick Hundley a lot. They'll, they'll sign him to a one-year deal or two-year deal because I think Buster Posey, since he just came off – arthroscopic hip surgery, I kind of expect the Giants to move him to first base, move Brandon Belt to left field, and move Chris Shaw to right field so that the lineup for the Giants is even and balanced. So I don't expect Buster Posey to get a lot of starts at catcher because of his hip replacement thing. I kind of think he should be better off moving over to first base. Yeah, that's a good point, actually. Uh, I know Posey is one of the best catchers in baseball, but yeah, he's like slowly starting to get up there in age. I think, like, if they do put him at first, you're probably, like, better preserved. You're probably more likely to be healthy. I mean, he, in my, I think he's honestly their best hitter. So, like, I think they'd want him in the lineup as much as they can. Yeah, so that's why I think the – I think Buster Posey will move over to first, move Brandon Belt to left, and move Chris Shaw to right field. So that Austin Slater – because Austin Slater is very versatile, too. He could play some outfield and some first base, too. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking, too. I had for my outfield, I had it was um, Slater in the outfield with Shaw, and then I had, I think, Duger in center. Duger's in center. So, now in, on my outfield for the Giants, I have Shaw in right field, Duger in center, and Belt in left field. Okay. My, yeah, my outfield was Slater in right, Duger center, Shaw left, and then, uh, at least for the start, I, had, I still had Posey behind the plate, and then I had... Belt at first, Crawford at short, Panic at second, and Longoria at third. I don't see the I don't see Buster Posey starting to catch you that much in the next season because of his hip surgery. So that's why I think he's going to start at first. So the infield that I have for the Giants is Longoria, 
Crawford, Panic, Posey, and Garcia will be the starting catcher, and he'll split those duties with Nick Conley. Yeah, I mean, if yeah, if they end up do sign Nick Conley, then yeah, I think it would make more sense to put both Posey over at first. So I think yeah, that probably a good sign for them. And now let's outline the projected lineups for the NL West teams. Um, first, we'll start with the Dodgers. For me, um, I'm going to go with Jock Peterson leading off and playing left field, then Corey Seager playing short. Justin Turner hitting third, Max Muncie hitting fourth, Kike Hernandez hitting fifth, Cody Bellinger hitting sixth, uh, Alex Verdugo hitting seventh, and if we don't sign a free agent catcher, Kiebert Ruiz hits eighth for the Dodgers. All right, and mine's a little bit similar actually. I got I got Peterson uh, hitting first and left, and I got Seager second, uh, Turner third, Bellinger fourth. Muncie fifth, Taylor sixth, Verdugo seventh, and then Barnes eighth. The reason why I have Kike hitting fifth is because I know Kike can hit fifth, and I don't want two lefties back-to-back when it comes to Bellinger because I think Kike could definitely be a guy that could provide protection in the lineup for, for Muncie and Bellinger, and that's why I could see that happening. Yeah, I could see that happening too. I know I originally had Taylor as my second baseman, but – I, I kind of like Taylor a little bit better, but Kiki does have more power, I think. So, I don't know. Like, they have that nice versatility. They could put either of them in there. So, we'll see what happens. And with the Rockies, I'm going to predict their lineup because I do expect the Rockies to keep Nolan Arenado for a long time. I don't see them signing DJ LeMahieu. And I don't believe in Charlie Blackman starting in left field and Daniel Murphy at first because I think Ryan McMahon will start at first. So, this is the lineup I go with for the Rockies now. So, for me, uh, leading off in center field is Charlie Blackman. Uh, batting second is the shortstop, Trevor Story. Uh, batting third will be Daniel Murphy at second base. And batting fourth is the third baseman, Nolan Arenado. Um, and batting fifth is the left fielder, Ian Desmond. Batting sixth is the right fielder, David Dole. And then batting seventh is the catcher, Chris Sionetta. And then batting eighth, the first baseman, Ryan McMahon. Yeah, mine's actually really similar. Um, I got Blackman leading off and left. I got Story second at short. I got Arenado hitting third at third base. I got Murphy hitting fourth at first base. Then fifth is Dahl in right field. I got... Desmond's hitting sixth center field, seventh uh, Ionetta catching, and then eighth I got McMahon at second base. I I don't expect McMahon to play second. I think McMahon's going to play first base. Yeah, I can see them doing either or. I was just like when I was looking online, I was seeing things saying that like Murphy was going to play first base, which is kind of surprising to me because like I thought he was going to be a second baseman for him. So yeah, I think like yeah, that'll probably make more sense. Yeah, I, th- I I still have Murphy playing second and, and batting third for the Rockies on mine. And now we'll move on to the Arizona Diamondbacks. But also, I'm also going to add here, after we predict the lineups, I'm going to predict that we'll also predict our early outlines of the rotations for each team in the National League West, if that sounds good to you. Yeah, sure. That's good with me. All right. So for the Diamondbacks, I have David Peralta leading off, leading off and playing left field. And then batting second is the center fielder, Gerard Dyson. Batting third is the third baseman, Jake Lamb. And then batting fourth is the shortstop, Nick Ahmed. And then I have uh, Steven Souza 
Jr. hitting fifth, and then Christian Walker hitting sixth, and then Alex Avila will bat seventh and play catcher, and then Quintel Marte will hit eighth and play second base. Yeah, for me, I got first, I got Souza in right field. Second, I got Escobar at third base. Third, I got Peralta in right field. I said Lamb at third, though, by the way. Okay. Oh, yeah, I had. Oh, sorry. You say... All right. And then, um, yeah, for fourth, I had Lamb. I had him at first base, actually. And then fifth, I got Marte at second. Uh, sixth, I got Ahmed at shortstop. Seventh, I got Dyson in center. And then eighth, I got Avila at catching. Yeah, I have Christian Walker, like, hitting sixth on mine. They're also going to lead off, obviously, because uh, I think uh, I think David Peralta is definitely a breakout shot. Yeah, I did too. I did have him at third, but I don't know. So I'm actually lost. It was the hardest one for me to put together. Because, like, I can see them going like multiple ways because they got so many new players starting now. All right, so now we'll go to the uh, Padres, a team that I think is going to be on the rise soon. So uh, I have leading off in playing uh, center field, Manuel Margot. And then batting second is the uh, third baseman, Luis Urias. Batting third is the shortstop, Fernando Tatis Jr., Batting fourth is the first baseman, Eric Hosmer. Batting fifth is the second baseman, Ian Kinsler. And then batting sixth in in left field is Will Myers. Batting seventh in right field, Hunter Renfro. And then batting eighth and doing the catching, Austin Hedges. Uh, and for me, I had first, I had Margo and seventh oh, field. Before that, uh, I changed my mind on the three-hitter because I think you got to have speed in the bottom of the lineup. So I would flip-flop, flip-flop that. So I'd have Austin Hedges hit third and move uh, Fernando Tatis Jr. batting eighth and playing shortstop. Okay. So so everybody else is still in the same. So Margot and uh, Margot and Urias are one, two. Okay. I see it now. Now, that's why I said before you go on, I changed – I kind of did a – I kind of changed my mind on that because – I, I think Austin Hedges hits third. Oh, yeah. Um, Before Hosmer. Yeah, yeah. I guess, yeah. Go ahead. All right. And then for me, I had first, I had Margo in center field. Second, I had Myers at third. Uh, third, I had Hosmer at first. Fourth, I have Renfro in left. Fifth, I have Urias at short. Sixth, I have Kinsler at second. Seventh, I have Reyes and right, and then eighth, I have Hedges catching. I kind of changed my mind on that. I have Renfro hitting third, and I have Hedges batting seventh and doing the catching. So, so my bad though. So my revised lineup for the Padres would be: is Margot, Urias, Renfro, uh, Hosmer, Kinsler, Myers, uh, Hedges, and uh, and and uh, Tatis Jr. So I changed my mind there because I think Hunter Renfro's too good to hit in the bottom of the lineup because Hunter Renfro's a power hitter, and that's why I see him hitting third and flip-flopping him and uh, Hedges three and seven. Yeah, I, I like that, actually. I um... So that Hosmer and Kinsler hit four or five, and then Myers hits after uh, 
after Kinsler. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because for me, I had Hosmer through and then Brown throw fourth, but I could also see them like flip flopping that too. Because, like, they're both good power hitters. So I think they could, be, they could go either way with that. And then Tatis hits eighth because I think because he could provide speed in the bottom of the order. And the Padres are very good at base stealing. And Fernando Tatis Jr. is a guy that I think is going to provide really good base stealing numbers for the Padres going forward. And I think, I think, I think that's the reason why. Yeah, I think so too. If he does crack the line, I think that would probably make the most sense. Like they could put him maybe at leadoff, but I just think for like for now, I think maybe just put Margo there. Yeah, Margo leading off is good, but now we'll move on to the Giants, who we both hate, who I think their lineup will look like. Um, I have Steven Duger leading off and playing center field. And batting second is the right fielder, Chris Shaw. And uh, batting third will be the first baseman, Buster Posey. And uh, batting fourth is the shortstop, Brandon Crawford. And then batting fifth is the third baseman, Evan Longoria. Batting sixth is the second baseman, Joe Panic. And then batting seventh is the uh, left fielder, Brandon Belt. And then batting eighth is the catcher, uh, Aramis Garcia. Oh, uh, for me, I have leading off, I got Panic at second base. Uh, hitting second, I got Longoria at third. Hitting third, I got Posey catching. Fourth, I got Belt at first base. Fifth, I got Crawford at shortstop. Sixth, I got Slater in right field. Seventh, I got Duger in center field. Then eighth, I got Shaw in left field. I ha- I said I had st- I I want Duger leading off and playing center field so that because I think he and uh, Shaw would would be one two in the lineup and then Buster Posey hits third and plays first base so that's how, that's why I see Duger leading off and then Joe Panic hitting like sixth in the lineup after Longoria to make the four five, six, right, left, right, you know? Yeah, yeah, that makes sense, actually. I didn't think about that originally. Because Crawford, Longoria, and uh, Panic would be the will be the middle three. Oh, yeah, yeah, I see what you mean. And now we'll go to the rotations, and we'll start off with the Dodgers and who I think their starting rotation will look like. Um, it's I predict it, I expect it to be Kershaw, Bueller, Ryu, Hill, and Maeda. Yeah, I did the exact same. Yeah, and for the for the for the Giants, I think their rotation will look pretty similar. But Johnny Cueto is going to be out. But I think they're going to have to move Andrew Suarez to the bullpen or Chris Stratton to the bullpen if when Cueto comes back sometime later this year. But I have Bumgarner, Rodriguez, Samarja, Suarez, and Stratton to begin the uh, 2019 season in the rotation with Johnny Cueto still missing time with Tommy John surgery. Yeah, that's what I got too. I just had I just flipped uh, Samarja and Rodriguez. Yeah, I just had the exact same for that. I have Rodriguez number two, and when Cueto comes back, then I'll have Rodriguez be the number three guy, and then you move Chris Stratton. To, you move Andrew. You move Chris Stratton to the bullpen. Yeah, I think that's what's going to happen, too. I think, yeah, when Quinn comes back, he's probably going to go there. And here's who I have for the rotation for the uh, San Diego Padres. Um, obviously, they got rid of Clayton Richard, and then they have a good and up-and-coming guy who 
I think is going to be an ace. Um, Chris Paddock, who I think is going to be a star for the Padres, along with Eric Lauer and uh, and Erlen. So I kind of think Luis Pardomo is not going to be in the rotation. So I kind of see some moving pieces. So I have Eric Lauer as the number one starter. Then the number two starter will be uh, Chris Paddock. The number three starter is Joey LaCasey. And then the number four starter is Robbie Erlen. And then the number five starter will go to Luis Pardomo. Okay, for me, I had I have Lauer, Lucchesi, Erlen, Nix, and then Mitchell. That was a little bit different for the Padres. I, I think Nix will move to the bullpen because I think Chris Paddock's going to be the number two starter behind uh, Eric Lauer. And then Lucchesi will be the number three guy. And then Perdomo's the fourth guy, and then Erlen's the fourth, the fourth guy, and then Perdomo's the fifth guy in the rotation. So the Padres will go with a young rotation now that they moved on from uh, Clayton Richard. Yeah, I'm hoping Paddock can make this. I, I didn't know he was originally going to make the roster off, but I'm hoping he can. I think he will. I think the Padres are very high on him, and he's going to be like that next right-handed ace for the Padres. And for the Diamondbacks, I have – this is how I shape their rotation. Obviously, uh, Taiwan Walker is going to be out – for the first half of the 2019 season, at least. So I have Zach Greinke as the number one guy. He's the opening day starter when they play the Dodgers. Then Robbie Ray will be the number two starter. Then Zach Godley will be the third starter. And then I have uh, Weaver and Kelly as the four and five starters until Walker comes back. And I think Kelly would, M. Kelly would move to the bullpen when once Taiwan Walker comes back. Yeah, my, again, mine was the exact same again for the Diamondbacks. I think the same thing when Walker comes back. They put Kelly in the bullpen, too. Because Luke Weaver is going to be a starting pitcher for the Diamondbacks. So expect that to happen. And for the uh, Colorado Rockies. And for me, when I predict their rotation, it's tough for me to say, is it going to be Herman Marquez as the number one guy or Kyle Freeland? For me, I'm going to go with uh, – Kyle Freeland is the number one starter for the Rockies. Then Herman Marquez as the number two. Um, the number three will be Antonio Sensatella. And the number four will be uh, Tyler Anderson. And then John Gray, the number five. Yeah, I had the exact same pitchers. My order was just a little bit different. I had Freeland as number one, Marquez two. And then I had Gray third, and then Anderson, and then Sen- oh, sorry, Sensatella. Yeah, <laughs> and Chad Bettis stays in the bullpen because I think uh, Sensatella's earned his way into the rotation, and I think uh, Freeland and Marquez will be one-two, and then uh, and then the third guy would be Sensatella, and that's how I see it all p- plan out, play out. So, yeah. So now we'll move on to talk about some basketball and uh, talk about your. Uh, reaction on the Christmas Day games when the Lakers played the Warriors. That was a blowout, obviously, and then losing a heartbreaker to the Kings. And talk about the matchup with the Clippers and then also playing the Kings again on Sunday. Sure. So um, I was definitely happy, though, obviously, the Lakers won Christmas. Um, in Golden State, I I mean, I definitely think as long as the Lakers have LeBron, I think they have the chance to win on any given day. So that's why I got so good Lakers a chance. But I did think the Warriors were going to end up winning that game. But like, once I was watching it, I was like, the Lakers just kept getting ahead. And then 
even after LeBron got hurt, like the like the Warriors did come back a little bit, but then in the fourth quarter the Lakers just started pulling away again. And like I wasn't really surprised that they won, but it was just that the fact that they won by twenty six points without LeBron for most of the second half. I think that was surprising. It said a lot about the Lakers too. Like I mean, I know the Warriors obviously like their stars struggled a little bit, but I think like there's more like benefits from the Lakers winning that big, I think. Yeah, and they lost a heartbreaker to the Kings. They got a matchup with the Clippers today and then play the Kings again on Sunday. So the Lakers have a chance to get revenge against the Kings on Sunday. But the Lakers are going to be without LeBron and Rondo for a while. So that's going to put a lot of pressure on having Brandon Ingram and Kyle Kuzma and Lonzo Ball step up in their absences. Yeah, I think so too. I think um, the way with the Kings game went last night, I think it's probably going to be the same way against the Clippers and then once again with the Kings. Um, but yeah, it's definitely going to be tough without LeBron and Rondo. More so LeBron, obviously. But, I mean, Kuzma, Ingram, Lonzo, they all look pretty good last night, in my opinion. And like, I think they're, they'll be fine without LeBron. It'll definitely be more difficult. But, I mean, because I, th- I think they're kind of guys that, like, they all want the ball in their hands, so to speak. So, I think that now that they're given that chance to prove that, like, it's given them, like, more motivation maybe to play better. And, I mean, I've, Lonzo almost got triple-double last night, too. So, like, I think they'll be fine in general. I'm not – Oh, absolutely. Oh, absolutely. But uh, is it okay if we uh, take a little break? Because I got to use the restroom real quick and I'll be right back. Oh, yeah, for sure. Now I'm back. So um, moving on. So uh, if the Lakers were to make the playoffs, will it be a log jam for that eighth spot in the West? Um, I think it possibly could be. I'm predicting they're going to finish somewhere like in the four to six range, somewhere kind of in the middle. But the West is so close that I mean, if they keep up the pace they're at, I think they'll be fine. But I mean, if they like slip a little bit, I think maybe it could be close to the eighth seed. But um. I don't know. I think they'll be. I think I kind of like their. I think they're better than people are like saying they are. I think they'll. I think like they're probably gonna finish somewhere four to six. But like I could see them in eighth. I think I don't. I don't think they'll be in there. Yeah, I, I. The Lakers are not there yet. I mean, I mean, I would be happy and surprised if we made it to the playoffs this year. But right now we're not. The Lakers are just not there yet. But I think the Lakers are about a star away from competing. So 
they're not they're not going to be a top three team in the West. So I think the Lakers will probably be in that log jam for that eight spot because I think Utah is going to definitely play better after their slow start. New Orleans is definitely going to make some noise down the stretch. The Timberwolves too, but I kind of see the eight spot going between the Lakers and the Utah Jazz. Yeah, yeah, they'll definitely be there. Um, yeah, I agree with what you said. I think they are just like a second star away, and like I think um, if they can get into the playoffs, I think it'd be good just for like more so the younger players just to like get that experience too. Because I think like especially in the future, like they're they're gonna be in the playoffs, obviously, and like playing deeper into like Western Conference Finals, hopefully, and hopefully the finals too. So like, I think getting that experience would definitely be helpful. Oh, for sure, and. uh do you think Brandon Ingram's a most improved player candidate over Kyle Kuzma, or do you think both of them will be in the conversation at season's end? Um, maybe. I think that I kind of liked Kuzma a little bit better this year. I think that he's been playing better overall. Um, I don't. I think I, I expected Ingram to kind of like take that next next step and like maybe become like what they're. I mean, I still think he is their second best player, but I don't know. He just. I feel like. Um, Kuzma kind of plays better with LeBron. Like, he just fits a little bit better into the offense. But then, like, when LeBron's not out there, it's just Ingram. Like, he plays unreal. So, I think um, if I had to pick between those two players, I think I'd probably lean more towards Kuzma, to be honest. Oh, for sure. But um, I think uh, I think the I think I think both of them are going to be star players for the Lakers for a long time. But I think the Lakers players that are going to get to the all-star team is Lonzo Ball. Brandon Ingram, Kyle Kuzma, LeBron, obviously. I think those four will make it, even though voting starts today. I'd like to get your opinion on what you think the Laker, which Laker players are going to make it to the All-Star team. Yeah, uh, actually for me, I only have LeBron as the only Laker making it just because I think the West has just a better group of players than the East. And I don't know, I'm expecting like at least like Curry, Durant, Thompson, uh, like Anthony Davis, Damian Lillard. Uh, I, mean, I haven't made a, like an exact prediction, but I think it'd be. I, I think LeBron's kind of a lock to make it, obviously. But the rest, if um, I don't know. I'd obviously like to see them make it, but I just think like there's too many great players in the West. I think that it's gonna be like kind of hard for Kuzma, Ingram, and Lonzo to get in there. Oh, for sure. I mean, you got to get Lonzo Ball and Kyle Kuzma in there, but I mean, the West has a lot of good players, so I kind of, I kind of think. It's going to be like a wait-and-see kind of thing, but um, I think that's, what's, that's what to expect for on that type on that front, but I think that's what's going to happen there. But along with that, talk about now the NFL will go to the Rams. Um, the last two games of the Rams, they, beat, they lost to the uh, Eagles, but they bounced back nicely against the Cardinals, and – Talk about what they need to do to beat the 49ers for that first round bye in the NFC. Yeah, I think they should be fine being the 49ers just because the 49ers, obviously, like their season's kind of been lost after they lost Garoppolo. They've kind of, they haven't really been that great. But um, I think they'll be fine. I think how they played against the Cardinals, pretty similar where you're going to see against the 49ers. I don't really see the Rams struggling that much. And um, it'll just be interesting because I think that in their position, it kind of is a must-win game just so they can guarantee that second uh, – or sorry, that first-round bye to get into the second seed. But like, I think um, – oh, it'll be interesting like because they're playing at the same time as the Bears. So, like, we'll see how that goes and, like, how they play their players. But I think um, – I mean, like, I think it is kind of a must-win. But, like, 
I don't think it's like the worst thing in the world if they don't end up winning. Yeah, I mean, you know, the Rams are taking it easy with Todd Gurley. And I think the Rams are going to save Todd Gurley until the playoffs, until as he deals with the, with his knee inflammation, because I think uh, I think they just want to be safe with him. C.J. Anderson has done a tremendous job, and um, do you think the Rams are doing the right thing in saving Todd Gurley? No, oh, yeah, absolutely. I think they're doing the right thing. I think it's just too much of a risk because I mean. No matter what, they're obviously going to be in the playoffs. Like, they know they're going to have more games to play. And that I'd rather than have Todd Gurley as healthy as he can be. And, uh, like, yeah, if it was up to me, I would just say – I just wouldn't play him in that game. The only way I'd play him is if they if the Bears are looking like they're going to win. And then, for whatever reason, if the Rams look like they're going to lose, maybe I'd put him in there. But even if I do, I'd still, like, kind of limit him. I'd still, like, lean more on C.J. Anderson just for the sake of that game. Yeah, just starting C.J. Anderson in that game for the Rams, and I think the Rams would be fine to beat the 49ers because Nick Mullins has done a good job filling in for Garoppolo, but I think he's auditioning for that number two quarterback spot for next season. But I also wanted to know, um, do you think Jared Goff is making a name for himself as one of the NFL's elite quarterbacks? Do you think it, he's on the rise on that category? Yeah, I definitely do. I think he's by far one of the better young quarterbacks in the game. Like, he's definitely shown it this year with how well the Rams have done in general. Um, like, there's like for NFL quarterbacks, I feel like there's only like a couple that I'd really consider elite. But, like, I definitely feel like Goff is definitely, like, right there. Um, I'll see how he does in the playoffs just because he can succeed in the playoffs. And, like, I think he can get that, like, rank of elite sooner than later. But, like, regardless, I think he's going to be considered elite pretty soon no matter what. Oh, I, I could, I could see that, but you know, um, I also, I, I think, uh, what you call this, um, that I, I think Jared Goff will be a top five quarterback in the near future, but do you think Aaron Donald is going to be the MVP of the NFL this year and take home another defensive player of the year award? Yeah, I definitely think he will win defensive player of the year. I, um, I was kind of debating between him and Khalil Mack, but I was like, the more I think about it, like it's got to go to Aaron Donald. I think he's just had the better overall season. I think he got that. Um, I forget what it was exactly. It was like that sack record or something. Like, I think Aaron Donald's just been too good. Like, I think he's got to win that. But as for MVP, uh, I'm kind of leaning more towards Mahomes for it. I think um, I think he's been the best NFL player this last year. I think he'll probably walk away with it, and then. Like, it seems like the NFL usually tends to favor, like, offensive players over defensive. And, like, I, well, I'd, like, root for Aaron Donald, to be honest. I think that Mahomes is probably more likely to win it. I, I, think, I think who's more likely to win NFL MVP, I think it's Drew Brees. The season he's had, and I think he's had a great year, and I think he's leading – he's on pace to lead the Saints to another Super Bowl. Yeah, I think uh, – yeah, for my rankings for MVP, I had Mahomes as first, and then – um. I had Brees second, and I also had Phillip Rivers at third. I think it'll probably be Mahomes or Brees, but I think Rivers has also played a really good year. And it's just because of their division. Both the Chiefs and Chargers are in there. The, uh, excuse me, the Chiefs have been ahead for pretty much the whole year. But yeah, like, especially like lately, I think Rivers has also been playing really good. Oh, yeah, but with the Patriots now, they lost a tough game against the Steelers two weeks ago, beat the Bills last week, and I think they're going to come into the game against the Jets wanting that number one seed in the AFC. But in order for that to happen, the Chiefs and the Chargers have to lose. 
Yeah, it's definitely going to be. I mean, I think they will win, beat the Jets. I don't really see that being a be honest. But, uh, yeah, like a lot really needs to go right. I know the Chiefs are playing the Raiders, so it's not like great for the Patriots just because the Raiders have just been awful all year. Like, you know, the Raiders, Raiders still, the Raiders have a good offense, though, but I do think the Raiders will still upset the Chiefs. Yeah, I, mean, I definitely could see it maybe happening just because I don't know what the Chiefs' plan is for like how they're going to play their starters. Like, I'm assuming they're going to obviously start it, but I don't know how they'll go with that. And like the Raiders, they only lost by I think like a touchdown the other time they played them. So like, I could see them upsetting them. It would be possible. But um, if I'm the Patriots, I think I just worry. Just beat the um, Jets and just see what happens. Because I, uh, I mean, at least just get a bye. Just because I don't want to see them lose and then the Texans end up in that spot. I just think, um, I just think here, um, I think the, uh, I think the uh, Patriots will still get a first round bye, but I do think they'll get the number one seed in the AFC playoffs because I expect the Chargers and the Raiders to lose on Sunday to make that happen. Yeah, I'll, I'm obviously hoping they get the first seed, but I just think the Chiefs are probably going to beat the Raiders. I don't really. So if the Chiefs end up losing and then the Chargers win, then the Chiefs would be on that first round by. And, like, they've been in that position pretty much the entire year. And I feel like they wouldn't want to risk that away. But um, I think the way it is right now is probably how it's going to end up, to be honest. Yeah, but also, um, before we end this, um, we'll talk about some of our final thoughts. So for the Dodgers, I think the Dodgers should start Keeper Ruiz if they don't get a free agent catcher. Or if they do sign Maldonado, then Ruiz this plan will be intact. Yeah, I'm thinking that as much as I want Ruiz starting, or at least like on the Dodgers roster, I think that they're probably going to go after LaCroix or Maldonado as their starter. And then, like I said, with, with those two, if I had to choose one, I'm going with Maldonado. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm thinking too. I think that they have Barnes back up just because if they don't end up signing anybody, I just I wouldn't want Kyber Ruiz as their backup just because I'd rather getting playing time than sitting on the bench. So I don't know, I'll see what happens. But I think um I think I'd prefer, honestly, just for now, just to put um Maldonado LaCroix starting Barnes back up and then just let Kyber Ruiz play in the minors for now. If the Dodgers don't sign a free agent catcher, I do expect Hebert Ruiz to start. Yeah, I could maybe see it happening. It's just that just because he's only gone a a little bit of experience in the minors, and he hasn't played at Triple A yet. That's my only worry. But I mean, I think like he's always going to be in the majors sooner than later. I think so. Hopefully, he can get there. Yeah, I would agree with that. He'll be in the majors sooner rather than later. And I think Will Smith's debut will come, I think, later in the 2019 season. Um, for the Lakers' final thought, I think they got to go out there, bounce back against the uh, Clippers, and just don't think about having LeBron rely on them. I think they just got to find a way to play the game on their own without LeBron tonight. Yeah, I think so too. I think they're going to be fine also just because uh, all their young players, they really step up when LeBron's not there. Like, um, I don't say that was a surprise, but I was actually like impressed with how well they played. Like I really wasn't expecting that from like Kuzma, Lonzo and Ingram, but like as long as they keep doing that, like they'll be absolutely fine. I'm not too, too worried over it. Yeah, for sure. But, I also think for the Rams, I think they just got to go in there, just get that first round by at least, and 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 just clinch it on their own without relying on the Bears game against the Vikings. Yeah, I also agree. I think it's just worry about themselves, just because they can't control what's going on with the Bears. So just worry about winning, getting the bye, and then just worry about the rest of the playoffs after. 
Yeah, and for the Patriots, I think they just got to go out there, beat the Jets. And I think they just got to pray for a victory of the Broncos and the Raiders. Yeah, same here. They're kind of like almost in the same situation as the Rams. The only difference is the Patriots actually can be the number one seed. So as I long as they get the Patriots will get the number one seed, though. Yeah, I'm hoping they do. I don't know. I just I don't know about the Raiders. I'm like praying they can beat the Chiefs, but I don't know. We'll see what happens. But as long as the Patriots get a bye, like I'll be happy, honestly. All right. So uh, you and I will talk next Friday and have a happy new year and we'll catch we'll we'll chat next Friday. Awesome. Same to you. Thanks for having me.